You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Breeders' Cup. Good morning. Welcome to the show. It's day one of Aintree's Grand National Festival. What racing we have today. It is brighter than anticipated. It is not raining yet. Just an 8% chance of rain at Aintree. And the ground now being given as good to soft on the mild May course. Good to soft, soft in places on the Grand National course, over which... The Fox Hunters, the Randox Fox Hunters, will be run today. 40 horses will run if there are no defections between now and start time in the Grand National itself. A maximum field has been declared, six eliminations, and the last horse to make the cut for the Grand National, as was anticipated, is Born by the Sea. Philip Enright riding for Paul Gilligan. That means Fakira, Mortal, Darren's Hope, Captain Catastock, Secret Reprieve and Fantasticas do not run. Significant jockey bookings here. First rise for Ben Jones on Frankie de Burley. Jack Tudor takes the ride on Dunboyne for Gordon Elliott, who's also gone to Harry Cobden for Coco Beach and John Joe O'Neill Jr. for Fury Road. The Willie Mullins uh, runners as expected. Danny Mullins on Capadano because Mark Walsh will ride any second now for Ted Walsh. Uh, Mikey O'Sullivan has come in for the ride on Carefully Selected, the young riding sensation who was successful at the Cheltenham Festival. And as things stand, the only horse who is not um, jocked up is the Mullins' fifth string right down the bottom, Recite a Prayer. So fears that there wouldn't be 40 runners, or at least 40 declarations, have proved unfounded. And you will be hearing from a number of those connections during the course of this show. But first, news that you may well have heard already, that Brave Man's Game will not run in today's Alderhay Entry Bowl. That's the Cheltenham Gold Cup runner-up who was co-owned by John Dance. Uh, the BHA released a statement last night saying, in light of new information, including a court order provided to the British Horse Racing Authority on Wednesday the 12th of April by the Financial Conduct Authority, Brave Man's Game is no longer able to take part in the race and has been withdrawn. The BHA will continue to liaise with the FCA and other affected parties, as uh, Cornelius Lysett joins me this morning. The repercussions of the Financial Conduct Authority investigation into companies owned and founded by John Dance continue to be felt, Cornelius, and judged on what we've heard overnight, will continue to be felt for quite some considerable time. When racing finds itself in a situation like this, it is a reminder that you know there is a big, quite different world out there, and the Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA, has its own investigations on its mind and not a steeplechase at Aintree, albeit a grade one steeplechase at Aintree. Um, it's clearly going to be a big disappointment to to Brian Drew, uh, the the other owner of Brave Man's Game, and it was due just uh, as, as has been reported to have run in his name. Clearly disappointing for the uh, Paul Nichols team, for Harry Cobden, and the horse's growing list of, uh, of fans, um, uh, especially as it had seemed all okay. But, um, uh, you know, considering the events of the last seven days, I'm not sure it's the biggest surprise in the world. I remember uh, hearing the news. I was actually in a supermarket car park. Somebody texted me, this could be quite a big racing story last week. And clearly it is developing into that with at the centre of it, John Dance, uh, who with his with his horses, uh, with this big new training set up at uh, Midlam, uh, this big presence on on flat racing, particularly flat racing's northern circuit with the sponsorship, with the colourful personality as well. He's become quite a player since uh, the first runner, certainly in his own name, as recently as 2014. Then Lawrence with all those Group 1 wins. 
and now a lot of uncertainty for people either directly affected or potentially affected. And clearly there will be a strong feeling within the sport for those who've been unwittingly affected by these events. There have been rumours of a strong police and FCA presence in and around the Midlam area, of repossessions of vehicles and potentially of a large number of, of dwellings as well. And clearly, if a, a big part of your asset portfolio is thoroughbred racehorses, then it is in the Financial Conduct Authority's interest to ensure that those assets retain their value. Now, I appreciate Cornelius, the BHA can only really do as they're instructed by, by higher authorities, but um, were, they, were they right to let the horse in in the first place under a, a quickly arranged uh, change of, uh, of official ownership? Or was that a little naive? There's no bigger critic of the, of the British Horse Racing Authority when things aren't going very well. But it's found itself in a situation, you know, th- that statement, what did you say, court, court order and new information. Mm. Uh, so it sounds as though it is, as they say, a fast moving story. Uh, and uh, the authority finds itself in a, a difficult situation. I think there are other things on which, um, uh, particularly around Aintree, of which it hasn't shone. Well, I think you're referring there to some of the publicity in the build-up to this year's race that has exceeded even what we would normally expect and TV debates and the presence of Animal Rebellion promised on Saturday and we'll come to that in a few moments time but I want to bring in the first of our Grand National guests today I've been talking to Eddie O'Leary brother of Michael O'Leary whose Jiggenstown House stud have won the race three times before of course twice with the great tiger role and also with the horse who broke his maiden uh, over fences in the race, rule the world sensationally a few years ago. They're four-handed this time. Delta Work is the shortest price of their four. We're going to hear from his rider, Keith Donahue in a few moments. But first of all, this is what Eddie O'Leary had to say about Delta Work. Um, he ran a super race last year, and this year, his entire season has been about the preparation for this. I think, Nick, as, as with everything in life, We've been lucky enough to win this three times, and we won't, we won't win a fourth. So we, we go here now in a hope rather than rather anticipation. That's a nice way of looking at it. However, you've got three other good chances as well. Fury Road's a classy horse. Uh, will he stay this far? Um, the rain wouldn't help him, but um, um, he's a classy, classy horse. Like He'd be a lovely horse for this job, given the usual ground, but I would imagine the rain will dent his chances. You've gone for John Joe O'Neill Jr. on him. Harry Cobden gets the ride on, on Coco Beach. You solved this jockey problem fairly easily in the end, didn't you? Yeah, but, well, listen, we, we've been looking to, we're look, looking to get um, a couple of very, very good riders. Like, a, like I'm, amazed, I'm, amazed, I'm amazed Harry Cobden was free. And Coco, 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 Coco took it as well last year. Um, and, and, and every bit of rain has helped him too. And Deal Kerr, we spoke to Noel Mead earlier earlier in the week, and he said, "Well, look back to his Leopardstown second at Christmas. He's he's not a complete no hope." Do you share his optimism? I would say absolutely. He's a horse with with, with, with guarantee with guaranteed stamina. Um, if he jumps a clear round, he's there's two ways. He, he he can run a fantastic race or run no race. He ran no race the last day on the inside track and punched out. Um, but if he gets a bit, he, he needs a bit of space for for himself at a jump well and cure Buckley rode an exceptional race on him in, in the in, in, in the in the left chase and was just was just denied on, on the post so he keeps the ride 
because of that, even though he can't claim his three pounds, but he qualifies for the race. And, and rather nice that Keith Donoghue gets to ride uh, Delta Work, particularly given all the work that he did on Tiger Roll in the lead up to his, his Grand Nationals. It's an awful shame that Jack is in room. Like it's, it's a shame that, that, that Jack isn't back in time, but Keith, fantastic to be able to have Keith, and he gets completed today as well. All right, then. Well, here he is, Keith Donoghue, the man himself. We've just been talking to Eddie O'Leary about the big chance he's got the next few days. Delta work and Conflated in particular. We may as well start with today. Keith, how do you rate Conflated's chance against uh, some of the, the best-known names in the sport? Yeah, sure. Obviously, look, he did a very good run in the in the Gold Cup. Um, coming back to three mile will probably definitely suit him on a flatter track. Uh, you know, some of his best runs were around Leopardstown on the you know, flat track. Um Obviously, Braves Man game being out now uh, definitely opened up the race a little bit more. Um, and I'd be very hopeful of a good run. And let's talk about Delta Work because he's a horse you you know extremely well. Uh, Eddie O'Leary sort of saying that this year everything's been geared around this. And I was trying to work out to what extent that kind of gave him a better chance than last year. Trying to work out reasons why he might do even better than he did in the race last year. What are you clinging to? Um, I, su- I suppose you'd be hoping that maybe he'll jump, he'll jump better on the first lap than he did last year. Obviously, he lost a lot of ground last year, and probably you know it cost him in the end. Um, you'd be hoping now with the experience of that, and then the better experience over the cross country fences as well, that it'll all stand to him. And uh, he's probably been trained for Cheltenham and Aintree in mind. Whereas last year, he probably had harder races coming into it. So hopefully, he's a fresher horse. I know that last year, you know, he was rather put in the shadows by the heroic effort in defeat of Tiger Roll and he was cast as the villain. But I was watching him quite closely after he won the cross country this year. And I've very rarely seen a horse so full of it after a race. As he came back down the walkway, he was dancing and prancing, you know, even after you've got, you got off and, and, and weighed in. Uh, he's he's clearly quite a charismatic animal. He is, yeah. And, you know, I actually think I said that in an interview he felt like he bolted up in the cross country. I felt like I had so much left. I felt like he was just just doing enough. I always talked about it last. I was going to out battle Galvin, and when I went to length too clear, he just pricked his ears, and you know he felt like I finished with full of horse. But don't get me wrong, you know he definitely did have a have a good race, but he, it felt like he, he he I wasn't getting to the bottom of him. I mean, it takes a bit to get you really really excited and off the bridle, but I'm I'm guessing this has got to rank at the moment as one of the one of the weekends that you've been anticipating most keenly through your entire career. Yeah, so look at that. that that's it. Like, the, the, these are the weekends you, you, you want to be getting the good rides and uh, have very good rides and we're just hoping for a, for a bit of luck. And uh, if, you know, if Delta could win the, the National, it would be a dream come true. Jockey Keith Donoghue, big national ride on Delta Work last year's third and his Cheltenham Festival hero as well. And prior to that, I was talking to Eddie O'Leary, whose brother Michael's Jigginstown House stud, owns four contenders for the Grand National. Cornelius Lysett rejoins me in order for Delta Work to win the Grand National. He not only has to beat 39 rivals, but he also has to overcome possible disruption to the race promised by Animal Rebellion. Uh, I don't think I'm stirring any trouble by underlining that they have been everywhere, all over uh, breakfast TV networks, BBC Breakfast, uh, Good Morning Britain, Sky News this week and they've got a lot of traction more so even than normal the question really is has racing been front foot enough in standing up for its own great showpiece indeed should it have to do that and is that the right approach what's your position on that well and and this particular good morning britain thing it sounded like some pretty lazy journalism around a bank holiday to me i'm guessing a producer thought oh it's the grand national on saturday what's a good way of 
talking about the Grand National. Oh, well, we'll find some animal rights people because that will work okay. Uh, and they'll definitely come on. And then we'll need to get somebody to balance that. And we'll find a broadcaster that I'm, I'd never heard of. I think she used to be editor of the Daily Star newspaper um, to, to come and make a sort of defence. And that, that'll sort out five or ten minutes of, uh, of airtime. Uh, it, it looked to me pretty lazy by that ITV programme. Uh, and especially an ITV, which um, it, it bangs the drum about the fact that it is uh, the principal um, terrestrial, well, the only terrestrial broadcaster of uh, of live racing. I, I think the point is this, um, and uh, a new comms director, manager, well, he's probably not a manager, he's probably a director, was expensively recruited last year with a, with a CV, which I think, from what I remember, involved the upper echelons of British politics. Is he called Greg Swift? He is um, called Greg Swift, uh, yes. Yeah, Greg Swift. Uh, of course, um, the, the dealing with comms at BHA involves all sorts of different things. And I'm sure there's been a great deal of lobbying of government around, uh, dare I mention it again, the uh, the, the much-anticipated and long-awaited white paper, which uh, I think is going to come this month, I gather, in the next week or two. But... Uh, the the people who are opposed, those who are opposed to horse racing and the Grand National are uh, very well organised, very vocal, very articulate. So you can sort of, it's the biggest certainty in the racing calendar, really, that there's going to be things going on around the Grand National. And I think that a director of, pol of comms, of communications for BHA, expensively recruited with fancy CV, should have been onto the BBC, onto the ITV, onto every potential times radio lbc all the different uh broadcasters talk shows that are likely to be talking about this and other aspects of the media and you know front foot means let's not wait for itv to ring up the night before at probably an inconveniently late time it means we've been in it uh, in touch with itv for weeks talking about the fact that if something is going to be done you can pick up a phone and you can speak to us at the drop of a hat and it would appear that um, that the that, that uh, we're, as we're talking about feet here, instead of being on the front foot, BHA has been slightly wrong-footed uh, on this particular point, and I think that is disappointing. What one of the newspapers did a big thing about potential protests on a Sunday within the last two or three weeks. So I think everyone should have been on a higher a higher alert than they actually ended up being in. All right, well, whether Brave Man's Games in the race or not, we need to be on high alerts today for the Alderhay Bowl. And this is a, a race title that marks the close association between Aintree Racecourse and Alderhay Children's Hospital that has been going on for many, many years. Now, Shishkin was brilliant at Ascot. He was much less brilliant at uh, Cheltenham last time, even though he was second in the Ryanair. He steps up to uh, in excess of three miles today. Like Constitution Hill, he will be ridden by Nico de Boinville. What a day in prospect for him. Constitution Hill runs in the entry hurdle over two and a half miles. I, I think, might have um, interrupted his beauty sleep first thing this morning. But nonetheless, he uh, he gave me a very interesting insight into, into Shishkin and what he was anticipating today. You know, after Cheltenham, you know, everything's happened and uh, you, you come back and recuperate and uh, find out what... You know how we can make some improvements, and uh, you know you just tinkle around with things and just see if see if how you can make things a bit better. Particularly, you know, with a horse like Shishkin, and um, you know maybe Lucia as well. But um, uh, hopefully, they, they're coming into this week in in great order. 
I'm certainly not suggesting that Shishkin's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but there have definitely been two versions of him the last twice that he's he's run. What would give you hope that the Ascot Shishkin would show up today? Uh, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Um, I'll probably know as soon as I sort of canter down to the start um, and see how he is down at the start. Um, you know, it's a shame that Brave Man's game isn't going to be turning up, but, um, you know, it's still a very good race in its own in its own right did, did you feel that at the start at Cheltenham you thought no nah, he's not quite like he was at Ascot yeah he was very much sort of curling up underneath me and um, he just wasn't he wasn't happy um, what do you anticipate today as regards Constitution Hill I mean how do you improve on what we perceive as perfection is it possible to improve on it um, again I don't know if it's about improvement it's you know, it's, it's seeing if we if he handles the new trip. Um, you know, just how he goes through his race. Uh, we felt he's come out of Cheltenham in, in good order as well. Um, the race probably doesn't have as much strength and depth as it did at Cheltenham, but um, you still got to go and do it against you know horses that are proven over over that trip as well. So um, we shall see. Um, and moving on to Saturday, I mean, we've just become custom, accustomed to ignoring seven Barrows runners in the Grand National. Uh, is this the year where we need to take one seriously in Mr. Coffey? Uh, I hope so. If, if we get a bit more rain as well, I think I think rain would definitely suit us. Um, but he's, he's schooled well. I thought he ran a really nice race at, at Cheltenham as well. Um, Derek gave him a lovely ride around there. Uh, so, so fingers crossed. Nico de Boinville there. I'm Shishkin, certainly the horse that is in many ways one of the most interesting ones of the day. Whether we do get, and I maybe should have said Dr. Jekyll or, or Mr. Hyde, given his own comments there. Um, I wanted to pick up with you, because I know you're very fond of the horse and the team that, responsible for it. The, the, the Ahoy Senor story, which, which we, we broke on the podcast a couple of days ago, that that uh, Corrick Rambler's rider Derek Fox was was keeping himself fit for that ride in the Grand National and therefore was forfeiting today's um, for, for Brian Hughes. Uh, so it's a, 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 an interesting race, even though Brave Man's game doesn't run. Quite struck by that. Um, Rishi on the pod yesterday was struck by it as well, that Peter Scudamore, Lucinda Russell's partner, saying that Ahoy Senor almost seemed annoyed with himself that things had, with himself that things had gone run, uh, wrong at Cheltenham when he got home. So really looking forward to him. Aplutar's clearly got questions to answer. Uh, conflated, that must have been a big race that, um, you know, he must have, heaven and earth into that performance uh, in the Gold Cup. Uh, Galore, theoretically, not good enough, but uh, is clearly on the up. What a race to save up. And this is the other thing that really struck me as far as a Hoy Senor is concerned. And it's been discussed much on the pod this week uh, that Derek Fox uh, is not riding on this occasion, trying to get himself 100% for Correct Rambler. So Brian Hughes is on board. And Brian Hughes, our, our champion jump jockey, he's... he's uh, you know, because he is incredibly hardworking and rides a huge number of winners, but doesn't actually uh, ride on some of the biggest stages, didn't ride at Cheltenham this year. He sort of, there is a bit of nudge, nudge, wink, winking about him, you know, about his quality. But he is clearly uh, a jockey of the highest quality. He works uh, exceptionally hard. He's ridden 158 winners so far this season. One in five has been successful. They've been more at Sedgefield, Catrick and Air uh, than on the bigger stages. But here is an opportunity, his first grade one ride, I think it is for 18 months, uh, an opportunity for Brian Hughes to star on the biggest stage. And I hope that um, if things work out for him, he'll get a very big, uh, he'll get a very big uh, round of applause uh, 
Um, and uh, as somebody in the racing post says today, his doubters will have little choice but to zip it up and uh, zip it up as far as the, the scepticism is concerned. All right, well, it's funny. Some years you come into the Grand National with all the attention. Sometimes you almost escape the limelight. Sandy Thompson, you haven't quite escaped the limelight because I'm calling you just two days before the race. Hill 16, uh, your runner this time. I-, I guess a very different experience to when CU at Midnight was lining up in the race and everyone wanted to talk about him. Yes, it was. And uh, yeah, no, it's quite nice just going in under the radar um, and, and, and just it's all very relaxed and sort of we've been there before now. So, you know, it, it's not something new, um, but still, still, you know, great, great, great excitement to, 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 have, to have a runner. Yeah. What have you sort of learnt or, or, or what did you find interesting, different, exciting, nerve wracking about your two previous experiences of the race with, with Midnight and then with Dingo Dollar last year? Um, well, midnight was 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 a complete nightmare because if you remember, it was the beast from the east, and we we had trouble, you know, getting the work into him, and then we had to take him to Newbury. Um, so it was it was sort of fraught with difficulties. Um, Dingo Dollar, it went fairly fairly smoothly. Um, this time, Hill Six, it, it's been it, it it's been uh, yeah quite a challenge to get him there, but we're very happy with with, with where we are. Yeah, uh, tell us why it's been a challenge to get Hill Sixteen there. Um, yeah, as I say, he had a, he had a, he had a setback in January, and uh, you know the, the Jimmy was always very keen, and Scott were very keen to, to, to go to the national. So yeah, it was just getting enough work into him, and uh, obviously Ryan Ryan Kelso um, came on a huge amount for that. Uh, you know, fortunate I've been. Fairly fortunate that, that sometimes, you know, before big winners, York Hill pulled up and the um, Sea of Midnight was pulled up before he won the Veterans Chase. Um, Harry the Viking didn't run very well at Carlisle. So, yeah, it's not too much of a concern to me that, uh, you know, he didn't run well the last time. We've, we've managed to get everything into him. Did a really good bit of work um, 10 days before the race. And, uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to it now. And, and it looks like the rain's coming. And if you'd said to somebody uh, on the 5th of December 2021, the day after he'd finished a nose second in the Beecher Chase, that he'd run a nice race in the Grand National, nobody would have thought you were you were crazy. Has he still got that level of, of innate ability and enthusiasm, do you think? I believe he does. Uh, you know, he obviously ran a really cracking race at the beginning of the season um, behind... Uh, Ruth's horse and, and, and I write and you know that looked like he still he still had it all and obviously we've just had just had issues since then but uh, no we're, we're coming back here um, you know all guns blazing and uh, he, listen, he ran really well in the beach just on ground that was not nearly soft enough for him and you've got Benson in the handicap hurdle tomorrow any chance that, that he can run a bold race we would hope so um Aintree did it just I mean Cheltenham did it just come too fast too too soon you know they, they give these £100,000 bonuses and they don't really expect them to be won um, and obviously the fact that the shunter did it um, everybody thinks oh well it can be done it can be done but I think you probably need a you know a pretty special horse and, and obviously shunt, the shunter had been very much laid out for it um, I don't think we were we were quite in the same same, same category. So yeah, it, we, we freshened him up, and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he'll run a big race. Good luck, Sandy. Thanks so much. Cheers, Nick. Thank you. All right, what would it mean to win a Grand National for trainer Sam Thomas, who's had a, a dramatic season? He's on the line now. Of course, he's got our power in the race, who was going to sneak in at one point, but has made the cut very comfortably. Sam, how are you getting on? 
Yeah, good. Thanks, Nick. Uh, nice to speak to you. No, look, we're obviously delighted to have a, have a runner in the race. It's, 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 it's uh, sort of a, a dream come true, really, for, 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 for everyone, really, to, to sort of uh, be able to go enough in, in, in a race like that. And, um, yeah, we're, we're sort of uh, going into the into the race sort of, you know, best, really, and well aware of what it takes to uh, to win a race of that nature and even to get round a, a race of that nature. So, uh, first and foremost, we hope he comes back safe and sound and... Um, just hope he can sort of put his best foot forward. All right. When when you saw him win at Kempton, did you think you could you could build on that? Do you think there's there's more to come from this horse? Um, I'd like to think he'd improve for the run, Nick. Really, um, we had a bit of a uh, sort of stop start season with him um, for, for, from his first run. We had to sort of pretty much pull up stumps completely and let him down. So yeah, he went into that Kempton race sort of possibly needing the run slightly. I, felt that he would improve for the run enormously really so um yeah we've got that to hopefully build on um but like i say anything can happen in that race and i just hope we can get over the first line of fences and settle into a bit of a rhythm unscathed really that's 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 uh, what i'm hoping for how confident are you that he he wants this trip um not i don't think any trainer is ever confident they're get, gonna get that well want that trip certainly you know we, we ran i will do it there in the midlands and uh albeit under 12 stone he didn't get the trip and he'd have been one like i said would have uh most certainly uh wanted the trip so one thing i think he's got in his favor is it, it that he sort of looks after himself slightly he sort of you know he's not ungenuine but he, he just races behind the bridle sometimes and i think that's going to hopefully stand him in good stead for the for the marathon trip you'll you'll have to refresh my memory i can't remember how you how you got on as a as a rider in the race uh not very well nick uh four four rides i believe um funnily enough i rode mon moan uh ran utoxeter and gave him a little spin um and decided not to ride him in the national uh and, and our dear friend liam went on to win so that was uh not frustrating, but it, it, I thought what could have been. But at the same time, it's my best friend riding a winner at the national, so that was uh, that was a bit of a funny one. I actually rode Silver Birch in two thousand and seven. Uh, got a terrible fall of the chair when the fuel tank was empty, and then he went on to win it uh, the next year for Gordon Elliott. So um, a bit of a patchy record, and um, yeah, I think it's just a different feeling altogether. Nick, to be perfectly honest, about having a having a ride in it and having a runner in it, it's just a real special feeling. All right, that was Sam Thomas. And Cornelius, every year you look for, for stories in the Grand National that would, would warm the heart. Our power is, is certainly one of them. And we've heard about Sam Thomas's luckless record in the race as a, as a rider. We know that he was involved in a, in a helicopter crash earlier in the season, which also involved one of our power's owners, Di Walters, who co-owns the horse with James and Jean Potter. Uh, there will be an awful lot of people wishing that horse well. Yeah, and uh, I think Di went to the races for the first time uh, over the bank holiday uh, at Chepstow. Uh, he won't be going to uh, Aintree. Um, he's not quite up to that. But, you know, considering people were very concerned about his future after that accident, uh, it uh, is heartwarming news just in itself that, that he is um, uh, very much on the road towards um, uh, recovery here. Uh, he there was some, there was some, there was an excellent piece by Marcus Armitage in the Daily Telegraph newspaper this week with some with some dramatic quotes from Di. I could see it coming towards the trees. He says, referring to the helicopter. I was saying to the pilot, "Keep it up, keep it up." Then we hit a tree. It landed on its back end. There were four lads under forty with families in there, and I was terrified it would catch fire. They all had to crawl out over me to get out. Um, but you know, it's that kind of stuff. I'm getting my strength back, he says, but I can't stick it for too long. I'll watch the race on television from home. Well, what a 
what a fillip would be. Oh, yes, and that was the other thing. In hospital, while being treated for his injuries, he has had to overcome pneumonia, COVID, and sepsis. Oh, my word. My goodness. Those, those people who've dealt... I think he's probably... A, 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 he's a businessman of, of considerable stature, uh, particularly in Wales, Die Walters, and I suspect some of those that have had to uh, deal with him, he probably drives a pretty high bargain. They'd have probably... Uh, still being pretty amazed that pneumonia, COVID and sepsis were all seen off. What a man. Uh, and uh, it would certainly be or, uh, certainly be a, a remarkable result for him. For Sam Thomas, who has really established himself uh, as a trainer after a slightly wobbly start, uh, but has really established himself as a trainer and a trainer of good horses now. And the third part, as well as Di and the other owners as, uh, as well, uh, the Potters, uh, as well as Sam Thomas and his team, people would be absolutely chuffed to bits for Sam Twiston Davis as well, who remains one of the most um, popular uh, figures in the jockeys' changing room. And that horse did win uh, the um, the Coral Race, Coral sponsored race at Kempton in in tremendous style. And um, you know, I know the excitement is rising about uh, that particular horse who would become. And here's the stat we must come out with every year. Uh, you always joke on the pod about no no uh, day goes out without mentioning monkfish at some point, but no build up to the Grand National ever goes by uh, without uh, reference to Kirkland, the last and in fact the only Welsh trained winner in 1905. Uh, perhaps that uh, what is that uh, 118 years? That 118 year gap could be bridged by our power or one of the other Welsh contenders this year. Okay, thanks to all my guests today. Before we leave you on this first day of Aintree's Grand National Festival, um, we ought to just switch our attentions briefly to the flat because yesterday at Nottingham in the listed further flight stakes, the star stayer Trushan made his eagerly awaited return. He did not win. He was beaten by, uh, what's it called? Raji. <laughs> I was just looking it up because I could Rajinsky. Rajinsky, is it? It is called Rajinsky, yeah. I'm just he going to... <laughs> He was defeated. He was defeated by the Hugo Palmer trained Rajinsky, who had originally been using this as a pipe opener for the Chester Cup. He might have to have a rethink now. Um, Alan King's comments afterwards were interesting about Trushan, though Cornelius. Yeah, they were they were quite gloomy. I suppose Trushan is seven now, and to use an old to use an old cliche, he owes nobody anything at all. The winner of thirteen out of what twenty two races, and a real flag bearer for for Alan King for Holly Doyle. And for the owners as well, the singular partnership and uh, the Barbary Lions before that. But um, uh, you know, I suppose they went there looking to win that uh, further flight, uh, Barry Hill's further flight stakes again. Uh, and uh, the horse went off as the nine to four on favourite. So that reflects what the general feeling was. Um, beaten, not beaten that far. And it was first time out. But uh, but uh, Alan King suggesting that maybe those some of those hard races in that career, which have seen... What a win in the Goodwood Cup, a winner in the uh, success in the um, the Cadran, uh, the three long distance cups on British Champions, the Kipco British Champions Day at Ascot, and that astonishing performance last year with Ten Stone Eight uh, in the Northumberland Plate, just suggesting that you know those battles that he has uh, perhaps just left their mark a tiny bit, and he's he's suggesting that you know next time out they that they will be making a decision about the future with Trushan, depending on the result. Well, hopefully it'll be a glorious success next time and he will gallop on. But I just thought the tone of the, the quotes were a little bit um, a little bit gloomy, which um, which uh, was sad because so many of us love Trushan and hope very much that he does gallop on. Okay. Cornelius, you have a tip for me for today? 
Yeah, pressure's on. I've put in pressure on myself. Last twice I've been on, I've, I've tipped a winner, but it, they, it's been air both times. I'm a bit of an air specialist and not such a specialist at um, Aintree. But in the Juicen anniversary four-year-old juvenile hurdle, the 220 today, uh, all the interest is around Zenta having finished third in the Triumph hurdle. You've got to have a hard race, haven't you, in the Triumph hurdle to finish third. So I thought uh, Bo Zenith was worth uh, opposing uh that horse with uh bow zenith available around about six to one this morning uh gary moore bow zenith trainer has had 17 winners this month so far so the stable in absolutely spectacular form do really well with this type of race but it's um uh it's just an afternoon at aintree to to really savor starting with a grade one race um stage star will be in action in that and bambridge and saint wire as well uh, then that uh, four-year-old hurdle I mentioned uh, with Bo Zenith in the field, a spectacular Alder Hay Aintree Bowl with uh, so much intrigue there. Constitution Hill as well uh, in the Aintree hurdle at half past three. And um, what, and there's still more to come after that, including a huge field for the Randox Fox Hunters chase over the big fences, two miles, five furlongs. And you've got a particular fancy in that race, haven't you? Yeah, Fier Jaguar, if that's the way you're pronouncing it. Bradley Gibbs won the Cheltenham Fox Number 12. On a, on, a, on a 66 to one shot. This one's going to be about a 20th of that price. Well, he should be anyway. And uh, he's an absolute machine. I was watching his videos from his last two points at Reevesby and Ston Easton, one going left-handed, one right-handed. He does jump to his right a bit, which is a bit of a worry, but he... He absolutely pulverizes opposition. He could be quite some sight over those fences if he gets a bit of a, if he gets a, his revs up early. Uh, and I think Bradley Gibbs is he'll trade short in running anyway, whether he whether he quite gets home or not. But it's an absolutely superb race this year. The Christie team from Ireland, having missed out in the Cheltenham Fox Hunters and the Fairy House Fox Hunters, have got winged leader in there. Uh, and late night pass for Tom Ellis and uh, his wife, Gina Andrews, in there too. And Gina Andrews, there was a great feature I heard recently about the competition between Gina Andrews and her brother, Jack Andrews, who's also riding in the race. Uh, and uh, the fact is that they're brother and sister and get on very well. But on the track, they are fierce opponents. So there is another element uh, to the whole thing. Jack riding, not that fuise. Uh, so, yeah, a really enjoyable afternoon. And there are two or three races we haven't mentioned. So mm -hmm. a lot to look forward to. I really, I can't wait. It's one of, it's going to be one of the great days of the season. Cornelius, thanks so much. Thank you very much for listening. Back to do it all over again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.